Money FM 89.3, best of workday afternoon. The Soul of Business with Clarissa Montero on Money FM 89.3. Good afternoon and welcome to The Soul of Business. You're on Money FM 89.3. I'm Clarissa Montero. On the phone with me today, Ricky Parikh, Sales and Marketing Manager at Peter Knipp Holdings Private Limited. We find out more about their recently concluded initiative to bring food to some of our frontline medical professionals. And we also hope to gain some insight into the challenges the F&B sector now faces. Ricky, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. It is absolutely our pleasure. Now, the company recently rallied, at last count, was it 21 FMB establishments? Yep, we got 21 establishments together, prepare 1,100 food for the healthcare staff workers at St. Kang General Hospital. Mm-hmm. I'm actually curious. I mean, of course, it's it's quite obvious why anybody would want to do that. But at a time when your industry is getting slammed, let's face it, why did you feel that it was important for the company to do something like this? Initially, it was a larger program we had in mind where we thought we'd start off with helping the healthcare workers, followed by seeing the events and how we can help the SMB industry. This was definitely before we had the current situation that the dining out is not available anymore. Mm-hmm. So it was a long part of a plan that we thought, how can we start off with helping the healthcare workers and then help our industry itself? Right. So that's how the thought process was. Okay, and you said 1,100 meals to healthcare workers at Sankang General. These were delivered to the hospital during lunch over, is it five or six days? Six days, yeah. It was 200 portions uh, each day. So 150 were non-veg and 50 were vegetarian meals. How did you get all these different F&B establishments to come on board and want to feed our healthcare professionals? Uh, it was quite straightforward for us, actually. We just picked up the phone. Uh, my colleague, Zach, he sent out an email to all our partners. Mm-hmm. And they said, look, uh, we're, writing, we're trying to do something good for the healthcare. Are you guys interested to come aboard? And that was easy peasy, I would say. All right. And all of the F&B people that you reached out to said, absolutely, yes, let's do it. Yeah. Uh, I like to name out a few, like like Opio, Shawtech, Cameron Hill, when Anglo, Singapore, and Dr. Lucky, you know, they jumped on the opportunity. Mm-hmm. And, and definitely, I'd like to name a few more, especially like the partners that were not part of the cooking, but they were the, they provided the key ingredients, I would say. Right. So let's say the USA Rice Federation, they provided all the rice for all the meals itself. Then we had Future Foods that provided the plant-based meats. We had Sunfresh that gave the juices as well. Biopack that helped with the sustainable and biodegradable food packaging right. that will be easy for delivery. And, and definitely the catering concern too that helped us with the logistics of delivering the food. That was absolutely fantastic. I mean, all 21 deserve to be named. And I have absolutely no issues with you wanting to name even more because <laughs> I think we all should know who are these good-hearted restaurateurs. Sure, if, if you give me the opportunity, I'll look into that. Please do. <laughs> All right. It basically, it was, uh, as I said, Opel, Shatter, Jermaine Hill, Angles, Punjab Drill, Mitsu, Shabastan, and a lot more, yes. All right. And what was the response from the medical professionals at Sankang General Hospital? Uh, so when we gave this idea to them and we worked it out with them, they were really, really happy because one of the issues that they brought up was the morale because 
food in such a way it's such a moral booster mm-hmm. so so the feedback they received that they were you know because in the ICU they are not allowed to go out to have lunch so whatever is done is done in house in the hospital right so they were really really happy with uh, getting 21 different types of cuisine sent to them over the period of the week itself the six days so they were really really pleased and then they were really thankful well, it, you know, I think I join every Singaporean and and saying we owe them a huge debt of gratitude, all healthcare professionals across Singapore. So, yeah, this was a lovely story, and I thought it needed to be shared. Now, Peter Knip Holdings Private Limited is the organizer of the World Gourmet Summit. Now, this is an event a lot of people have in their planners every year. They plan on what they want to do, where they want to, how many of the, the events you Hold they want to attend, but it looks like this year it might be postponed. Is it possible that it might even be postponed until next year? It is postponed, uh, but as of now, we're looking at doing it late August, early September. Mm-hmm. But this is definitely based on the implementations and the measures that the government has recommended. Right. So we're definitely just waiting on this current situation. And for us, my company has been in 24 years. We have never actually postponed or canceled the festival. During the SARS crisis in 2003, we still ran ahead with the decision to build the event. Mm-hmm. So that was our concept. Was, was we need to give the country something to look forward to, uh, to be part of and try to get back things to normal. So definitely, we see it happening this year. We will not uh, postpone it the next. All right. Okay. How do you think it, you know, what, the, what were the challenges that presented themselves because it had to be postponed. I'm sure you book your chefs and your partners <laughs> last year for this year. What kind of challenges did you face? Yeah, definitely. I think we had 12 chefs, international chefs uh, lined up mm-hmm. to the clients in Singapore. But then when the, the borders started closing for each country, then we saw from chefs from China or the Europe side being cancelled and, and they're not able to fly down. Even though they were all ready, they said, look, we'll do all the precautions. Let's just calm down and get the event going. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, I mean, we had to look off the, the safety of everyone involved. So, so that's why we took a call to postpone it because it's not wild there anymore. Right. Okay. How do you think World Gourmet Summit, if it goes on in, in August, and my fingers are crossed that it will for you, mm-hmm. how do you think it will be different this year from previous years? To be frank, the format will be same. However, there will be some minor changes like in terms of chefs that we were hoping to come down because different countries have their different lockdown scenarios. So, so the chefs that we have planned, might, that would be the biggest effect we have. But working with the local chefs, local talent, that will not change and we'll start promoting the local talent as well. The FMB industry as a whole has been slammed. COVID-19 is not being kind to the sector, shall we say. <laughs> and today being the first day of the enhanced social distancing that changes everything for restaurants. They can't have dining customers. They can only do takeaway. How do you think the industry is going to face these challenges? Let's start with the concerns, if I may. Sure. Because I think Staying in business is, I think, the immediate concern, I feel, for, for any FMB industry. Right. And generating enough revenue to sustain their overheads. Mm-hmm. And with the current situations that are going on with the borders closed, and we're looking at manpower issues as well, and, you know, not being able to dine in, it's also a hit to the revenue generating. Mm-hmm. So, so that's definitely the challenges and concerns that are hitting our industry right now. Mm-hmm. But looking at it, 
there are so many things that they can do, in my opinion. You know, some restaurants that we are speaking to, or some of our restaurant partners, they're considering it as a blessing, as it affords them an opportunity to send their staff for upgrading skills. You know, revamping their menu or renovating their establishments. Right. You know, some have even taken the step further to close the establishments to give the staff a much-needed break during the circuit breaker period. Mm-hmm. But some restaurants are looking into the methods of establishments more delivery and takeaway-friendly option, which is the only way of revenue at the moment. Right. Uh, there has been a lot of assistance put out through the resilience budget and now the solidarity budget. And there is also in Parliament right now a bill that is going through to make sure that landlords do pass on any savings the governments give them to tenants, so restaurateurs. Do you think all of that will help and is that enough for the industry to survive? The, the industry is so wide and varied that, that definitely what the government has, has given us is a welcome site. Mm-hmm. It helps with a few of the concerns that restaurant owners or even the establishments have. But in overall, it can be quite challenging because it's not it's not a cookie cutter where it solves all the issues. So definitely, it is a relief for a lot of our industry people. Mm-hmm. But definitely, there'll be a few sectors of people that might not uh, really benefit from this. Right. Okay. It might not be enough for the smaller operators, perhaps. Correct. Definitely not enough for the smaller operators. You know, we'll see some people like grow staff. I uh, saw a couple of restaurants that have closed down permanently as well. Mm-hmm. It's just the, the times it's the times that are living in, actually. But what what the government is doing is excellent. You know, it's so good to see what they're doing. It helps. It definitely helps. It's just not a cookie cutter for everyone. Okay. So do you think, and this is the question across all industries, people are asking themselves right now, from managers to CEOs to business owners, Coming out on the other side of the COVID-19 pandemic, when we're out of the worst of it, when we're looking towards recovery, how do you think it would have changed the FMB industry and how the FMB industry feeds the public? Do you think there are permanent changes that we will see? Definitely. When we do come out of this situation, the way the FMB industry operates will definitely change and retain elements of how we're choosing to dine at home with friends and family. Thanks to the technology that is available at our hands right now, helping bring new delivery platforms to, to the top of the homes every day. Mm-hmm. We're already seeing some great ideas, movements, and initiatives done by the restaurants that allows us to eat in the privacy of our homes during this time period. So food delivery will become a norm, much more so than it is currently. And at the same time, humans by nature are social creatures, right? So there'll be certain occasions that you can't replace. So, so dining out will still be a a better option. So definitely we'll see our industry getting back on its feet right away. All right. Well, I look forward to being able to go to all my favourite restaurants. I hope they're still there when we come out on the other side. And I do look forward to the World Gourmet Summit. I hope you let us all know when it is confirmed for August and we can go ahead with it. Thank you so much, Ricky, for speaking with us today. This has been The Soul of Business on Money FM 89.3. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at moneyfm893.sg or download the SPH Radio app available on Google Play or the App Store.